Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Watchful Nights Week in Review. My name is Ishiv, or at the Watchful Night on Instagram, or just Watchful Night without the the on Letterboxd. I'm extremely excited to get this started and just to talk about movies, which is something that I like to do and need more excuses to do. But the primary purpose of this is just to get you guys even more recommendations. Another thing I wanted to say is that these are not going to be scripted. I wanted them to be more conversational, like as if I'm talking to you as if I'm there. But I do have a couple bullet points in front of me that I would want to hit about the movies I'm talking about. The way that this is going to work, I want to go through the movies that I watched this past week, adding a little more color to my reviews that I post, followed by a movie to keep on your radar. And this is either a movie that's in theaters right now, or recently released, a movie that I think is underrated, or a movie that we just don't talk about and, and watch enough. So that's that will be that section. And then five movies to watch when, um, which is a question I posted recently and I got some responses and I picked one to tackle in this episode. And so the last thing is that feel free to literally DM me and say things you'd like, you didn't like, stuff you hated, so I can improve the next episodes and get you guys in as many recommendations as I can. So I actually watched a lot of movies this past week, so I'm going to focus on a couple of them, or a few of them, instead of talking about all of them, because I'm going to keep these episodes relatively on the shorter side. So I watched Triangle of Sadness, on on past Saturday. This was its release this year, directed by Ruben Ostlund, starring Harris Dickinson, Charlie Dean, and Woody Harrelson. And it follows this couple who go on a luxury yacht cruise, which is, you know, populated by other wealthy people, and a lot of chaos ensues after they all get seasick. And this received a 6.8 out of 10 from me. So what I liked about this movie, I think it's extremely original, and it just gets a whole lot of brownie points because of that, and definitely gets its point across. Like, if you watch this movie and you don't understand what it's trying to say, I'm pretty sure we were watching different movies because it kind of hammers it down your throat, and it's about the critique of the wealthy and classism and the materialistic and how that can shift on its head when the situations can be reversed. So that's that's one thing I really liked about it. The second thing is that I really like the first half of this movie. There's a lot of more subtle moments that speak volumes about what this what the filmmaker is trying to do, what Ruben Oslund is trying to do, and he's known for making these types of films. Like there is a very there's a scene that's very early on in the movie about uh, that has the couple and they're out for dinner and he doesn't pick up the check and that their argument from there and then again there's a lot of backstory that you learn from there but I think that was extremely well done and seriously one of the funniest scenes in the movie <clears throat> also technically it's super sound the the scene when they were all getting sick like I was feeling seasick because of how it was filmed the, the, the camera was shifting back and forth and the editing was like going back from people throwing up and not people th like about people about to throw up so I felt nauseous and queasy like I've never felt before in a movie just because how well it was made so that's definitely a good thing so what I didn't like about this movie is that the second half is too much 
satirical form in your face, a la Don't Look Up. The problem is it's literally like continuously telling you like, oh my god, we're doing a satire, look how smart we are, look at what we're doing here, don't, do you get it, do you get it? Like it's just too much in your face and it's the point where like they think that you're stupid, not enough to get it, when it's literally like the point of the movie. So yeah, the second half is pales in comparison for me in terms of its thematic significance than the first half. And then overall, the movie is not as nearly as I was promised, not as nearly as funny, sorry, as I was promised. It only made me grin with a few chuckles here and there, but it's just like, it's it wasn't a funny movie, I would say. But would I recommend this movie? Yes, I would, solely because it's original and got to support that and it released this year so go watch it in the theaters and uh yeah you don't know where it's going um until you hit the second half when you can clearly tell where it's going but you just don't know where this movie is going to take you until you hit that second half so yeah so that night i watched bang bang um a really silly bollywood action movie it's a remake of night and day don't want to talk about it too much but i still would recommend that movie Um, Just because it's entertaining, even though it has a variety of flaws. It's just something to put on whenever you need it. And then I watched The Descent, also a movie that I want to, like, expand on. But I think in the interest of time, I can just say that I really liked the survival thriller aspects of this. I think the moment they go spelunking to the cave... um, it's a it's a it's a very fun like it's very intense because they're trying to navigate this cave when navigate this cave and people get stuck and then their sinister forces come towards the end which kind of it kind of makes it like a run-of-the-mill um survival-esque slasher gory fest at the end uh but overall yes i would still recommend it i think it's a decent movie with a lot of cool elements it's also one of the best lit horror movies that i've ever seen so take that as you want then i watched thief to continue my michael mann marathon Uh, he's a famous director thief was his first film often a one that i read online like a lot of people liked and i was i liked it i think it was a good movie but just not as much as I thought it would. Definitely watch it if you want to be like bathed in that 80s aesthetic because the cinematography, the neon lighting, the music, the the soundtrack is by Tangerine Dream. Definitely take that, watch that movie because that's that it has those elements in it. So would I recommend it besides those people who are interested in that aesthetic or in the plot of the film not necessarily i don't think you're missing anything if you don't watch this movie okay so now another movie i want to expand on i watched 28 days later in my film genres class and this is directed by danny boyle released in 2002 starring a very vintage killian murphy naomi harris and brendan gleason that's a pretty strong cast, in my opinion. Um, a man wakes up, Killian Murphy wakes up from a coma, only to find that London is empty and deserted, and that there is like an infection that has infected people uh, with rage, and they like turn into zombie thingies. 
that chase after you. And then he meets a couple of people along the way, and it's just how they navigate that situation. So what I liked about this movie, this movie received a 7.5 out of 10, so a lot of stuff to like. This was one of the first films that was filmed on a digital camera, so it's going to look like a home video for the most of the movie, and that's that's literally a thing I can draw the closest comparison to. But it really leans into that aesthetic. It really leans into being grainy and unrefined and to, to just communicate how terrible that situation was. And you get some really unique shots because of that. Um, they're really just exploring what dig the digital camera can do versus the restrictions that a film camera has. The other thing I liked is that the performances are great. Not really unexpected because it's that the cast is really great, but I think they make the movie so much more grounded and so much more about the people who are not infected because I feel like these zombie movies can just give a lot of screen time to the zombies and not actually the people who are surviving those situations. So I think I really appreciated that. And then it has some real emotional moments um, related to those performances, but I think it gives a nice contrast to the really intense and gory horror scenes you're going to watch in this. So what I didn't like about this movie is that some story elements feel forced to me. I think the third act is good. I think it's 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 necessary for what the movie is trying to say, but it's a little, contri a little contrived for my liking. And the absolute, like, first scene and the last scene, well, like, the first scene turns you off of the movie because it's kind of silly, and the last scene is just so offbeat and just so like not in tune with what the rest of the movie w was doing so that those are the two main critiques but other than that yeah i would recommend this movie it's gruesome but it's a it's a good time and definitely something to watch if you're interested in film history because it, it changed the game in terms of filming on digital and introducing that to the medium as a whole Okay, so then continuing my Michael Mann marathon, I watched Manhunter. It's actually the first appearance of Hannibal Lecter and Brian Cox, also known as Logan Roy from Succession, plays him. So that was fun because I needed some sort of remedy because the next season is not coming out until spring of next year. I thought this thriller was okay, like it was decent. Um, I got a 6.7 out of 10. I also, I, what I really liked about this movie is just how humanistic it was. There's like one extended 20 to 30 minute sequence where we only focus on the killer and what, and his actions and, and what he's going through. And it, I think it just makes you aware that these people are people and we need to consider solving the cause instead of like preventing him from killing people now. And it, but in no way justifies what he's doing. Um, there's a really real conversation that the two characters have that that make that point. Yeah, what I didn't like, I think the lead performance is very weak. I think it's very robotic, and the suspense is just not there. So would I recommend it? Not necessarily, unless you're like me, an avid fan of Succession and want to watch Brian Cox, but he's only in this movie for nine minutes. Or you are interested in finishing Michael Mann's work. Um, but other than that, there's no point. 
Okay, another movie I want to elaborate on. I watched, I, after that movie, to confirm that my favorite Michael Mann movie was Collateral, I rewatched it. Released in 2004, directed by Michael Mann, of course, starring one of my favorite actors, Tom Cruise, and after rewatching this movie, like pretty up there for me to now, Jamie Foxx. And it follows Jamie Foxx, who is a taxi driver in LA, and he picks up someone who promises to pay him $600. That's twice as much as he makes in a night. And that someone is Tom Cruise, but he suspects that Tom Cruise is a bad dude, and he's not up to, not up to any good. So what I liked about this movie, it's such a simple setup, like, that's literally the setup of the movie, what I just said, and it's, and it turns into one of the most thrilling and intense crime thrillers that you'll ever watch. Your heart is beating and pounding throughout the movie, you don't know where it's going to go next. And a lot of that is due to the editing. I think the editing is the strongest part of this film, technically, and it's really great to see when you have a movie with really strong editing. The performances. Tom Cruise is awesome, per usual. I think he's great as this villain. I think he pulls that off extremely well. His smile works extremely well when he's being a bad person. Jamie Foxx is... that's a, not a spoiler, by the way. Jamie Foxx is also awesome. Um, I think he, you know, we know Jamie Foxx for playing Django, and we know Jamie Foxx for playing like that cool, cool dude. But he's like a really normal dude in this film, and like, and he plays that really well. So that's something I really appreciated. The ending sequence is amazing. The third act, like, you will be on the edge of your seat. And what I also really liked about this movie is that. It's also kind of a road trip movie because at the end, both characters are like genuinely changed. They have changed as a result of what has happened, transpired over the night and being together for that time. And you know, this movie also has Mark Ruffalo, Javier Bardem, Jada Pinkett Smith. I for completely forgot Javier Bardem was in this movie and that's always a good thing when you see those guys. So what I didn't like about this movie, very little I didn't like. I think that a resolution is a bit underwhelming. Like after that whole thrilling ending sequence, it just ends kind of abruptly. And then the middle, it kind of takes its foot, it puts its foot on the brake just a tad. Where you're just not pleased with how it's moving because it's been moving so well before. So would I recommend this movie? Yes, for sure I would recommend this movie. It's on Netflix. I think it's on Paramount too. Put it on. Have a great, have a good time. Okay, and now we're talking about the movie that I'm most excited to talk about, um, but I also can't say much about, and that is *Barbarian*, released this year, directed by Zach Kregers, starring Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long. And it follows this woman who comes to Detroit for job interview and decides to stay in an Airbnb that has been double booked by another strange man who was Bill Skarsgård. But she finds out that he is not the only thing to fear in this house. There's a lot more sinister things going on. Okay, what I liked about this movie, and I really can't say specifically what I liked because it just ruins it, and it's 
and that's one thing about it is just it's unexpected in the most unexpected way it's like a movie where like you're gonna hear that you know this movie is crazy you're not gonna you're not gonna expect anything if that happens but we have a expectation of what the unexpected is and that movie also breaks that down so i think it's cool yeah and it's the type of movie where you could write a paper on it breaking down all of the expectations of the genre breaking down society it's awesome the camera moves insanely well like the way it plays with perspective is great um, it's so fluid and also takes so many uh, different different movements to get you to the same place because you're you're looking at through the eyes of a different character and then it just takes bold risks in a day like this for what an audience can stomach um, for this type of movie for this type of horror film so it's a great movie and I, I can't talk about more about why it's so great because I don't want to spoil it but check it out and then DM me and we can have an extended conversation so what I didn't like about this movie and I think it's just me but I think the actual scares the scary scenes weren't that great like if I compare this to something to it right the it pales in comparison I think the scary scenes are just not as scary and the beginning when the movie ends makes so much sense in the grand scheme of things when you're when you're thinking about the movie as a whole but it toys with you just a little too much like it kind of gets a tad annoying before it really gets moving but that's just a very minor concern so would i recommend this movie yes it's original it's my second favorite movie of this year so far really really enjoyed it um definitely something to check out so that is the movie this week to keep on your radar barbarian it's an awesome experience it's on hbo max or maybe still playing in theaters so go watch it in a theater if you can please 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 go in knowing nothing and i guarantee you if even if you don't fully enjoy it you'll still be talking about it when it ends and you'll be able to appreciate it i think at the end of the day so go check that out definitely a movie to keep on your radar tell your friends to to go watch it with you Okay, so moving to our last section, which is five movies to watch when. I picked Noor, Noor Chang's answer, and she said five movies to watch when you're feeling existential, like doubting your purpose as a human and want to feel better. That was a far more heavy subject than I expected anyone to write, but uh, there's a lot of movies, I think, that can help you with that feeling. So I think the first one, most obvious example released this year, is Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's directed by The Daniels, starring Michelle Yeoh, Ki Hui Kwan, I think is how you pronounce it, who is Data, or Short Round, who is amazing in that movie, and Stephanie Su. This, the reason why, I won't like walk you through the plot summary, I think. We want to focus on those reasons. The reason why this movie is one of those five movies is that it actually acknowledges that feeling of not having purpose and how life is just like how being a human on on Earth is very insignificant. But it acknowledges that and finds a way to move forward. Like the whole story is this character fighting that notion. Like no, no, 
we we do have a purpose and then when she's finally confronted with what the movie thinks is the reality where we maybe in the grand scheme of things we don't how do we move forward with it so it's almost like a positive nihilistic point of view so that's definitely a movie i would recommend for five movies to watch when you're feeling existential and want to feel better then the second one is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind one of my favorite films released in 2004 directed by michael gondry famously written by charlie kaufman stars jim carrey kate winslet kirsten dunst and mark ruffalo and the reason for this movie why i recommend this movie for that is it's that the answer to finding meaning and you know feeling better is love it's, it's however messy hurtful or confusing that emotion may be like love is the answer to finding meaning in life um so that provides you that angle you know without getting too mushy number three is also one of my favorite movies it's goodwill hunting released in 1997 directed by gus van sant starring matt damon and ben affleck who are famously the writers of that movie too and the amazing Robin Williams. So the reason why is it's that that main Matt Damon's character is literally suffering through that crisis, and he has a, a backstory of abuse and, and and just a very troubled past, and he's just going through the motions and living life as if he's expected to. And it Goodwill Hunting works as that therapy session, where Robin Williams acts as not only Matt Damon's therapist, but the therapist for the audience, and it tells a really sweet story, I think, that can make you feel a lot better. Number four, so I, I'm a bit wary recommending this one, but I think I think it'll do good. So it's Inside Lewin Davis, released in 2013, directed by the Coen brothers, starring Oscar Isaac, Carrie Mulligan, John Goodman, and Adam Driver. The cast is insane, so if you just want to watch it for that. But the reason is, like, the, the whole movie is this main character is, a, is stuck in a loop. The movie is formatted as a circle. And it's him trying to break out of that circle. But it's And it's not necessarily a movie that gives you a solution to feel better, but it, it makes you feel better because it's extremely empathetic to what maybe you're feeling about being existential and feeling uneasy about your meaning in life. And it can hit you at the exact right time with that level of empathy, um, if you're feeling that way now. So I think Inside Lewin Davis is maybe not the one to watch if you want to like end that feeling, but if you want to have someone else to go through with it, that's that's the movie to watch. And then finally, um, to pick one maybe that a lot of you haven't seen before, it's My Dinner with Andre, released in 1981. Directed by Louis Malley, Malay, I'm not entirely sure. Starring Andre Gregory and Wallace Shawn. They're supposedly playing themselves. So my dinner with Andre is my dinner with Andre Gregory. And the reason is it's I think it's one of the most interesting movies ever made. It's literally a conversation between these two people. And it's like it's just like a modern philosophical exchange. Like imagine reading something by Socrates because it's it's a uh, it's literally a Socratic dialogue, and they both just share their philosophical ideas and how they view life, and they both walk away very changed. But 
that movie also makes you feel like an insider in that conversation. And so it may not be targeting that feeling specifically, but I think it really works in terms of just walking away with a more, with a better understanding of what to do next and how to move forward in general, um, just not specific to that. So those are the five movies to watch when you are feeling existential and want to feel better. Let me know if I was right, because hopefully I can solve that issue with these films. Um, okay, cool. So that concludes the first episode. Let me know how it went. Um, seriously, I'm, I'm saying this in all honesty. Like, do not be afraid to break this apart. I'm willing to improve it. And, uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys next week. Um, hopefully I can expand more on the movies I talk about, uh, that I reviewed, um, this past week. I just watched a lot, a lot of movies this past week, so sorry if I couldn't get to movies like The Descent. Um, so yeah, the takeaways from this, this episode is movie to keep on your radar, Barbarian. Had a great time with that movie. I'm sure you guys will... Watch Everything Everywhere, watch Good Will Hunting, watch Inside Lewin Davis, the, any of those ones I mentioned to hopefully cure your existential crisis that you're feeling. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.